Jesus commissioned his followers to go and make disciples. He commanded us to love God and love our neighbors. But he also prayed that we would be united by his spirit as one. So what would happen if the body of Christ began to take each one of these pieces as part of the whole? The great commission, the great commandment, the great collaboration. Let's take a fresh look at the Jesus mission. Good morning, Element. It is a joy to be with you this morning, to see your faces, and to have you joining us online, to worship with you guys, and to just enter into the presence of God together is a true joy. Is a true joy. So, I'm Pastor Melody, and I am very excited to share with you guys the next uh, message in our Jesus Mission series. So, last week, Brett kicked off the series, and if you did not listen to the message, I strongly encourage you to do so. It was a very, very, very beautiful invitation, and I think it got all of our hearts into the right place to engage this series. I'll tell you today that my heart is in a bit of a commingled place, to use the Zach Elliott word. Um, as we witness the events unfolding in our world, it, we, have to, we have to choose this commingled place, or else we might be in a pretty heavy place, right? And as we see these things unfolding, we grieve them, of course. But I cannot miss the good things. Today and all the days, especially the days that we gather, I cannot miss the good of the ability for us to be able to be here together. I cannot miss the good of the smiles on our kids' faces and the good that this church is doing, opening homes for orphans and participating in human trafficking. Like there's so much good in life and beauty happening here, and so I celebrate that today. And of course, I am filled with hope for the future. I am filled with hope for the future because when the broken things are so clearly evident to all of us, I think it reminds us even more of the coming wholeness, which is why I'm so excited about the topic of our conversation today. Um, and when we first decided on this series, the Jesus Mission series, I was incredibly excited about the content of the series, but I was not quite sold on the name. Jesus Mission sounded a little churchy to me, sounded a little old school to me. And in fact, it reminded me of my high school days. Yes, I'm going to talk about my high school days when I was part of a drama team in high school. Yep. Um, along with my husband, Chris, who was my boyfriend at the time, we have a photo of us. We have a photo of us with my first car that I just thought I'd show. This is us in high school. We're so cute. <laughs> These are the days, people. So we were in this drama team together, and I do have to say, I also have to tell you this short story. You guys know we were packing up to move a few months ago, and dearest Liza and Hannah came over to our house to help us pack up because that's what community does. They just wade into your mess, and they help you clean it up. So Hannah and Liza are there packing up Chris's office. He was brave to allow them to do so, and they found... All sorts of gems, you guys. All sorts of gems from these days. So one thing we found, which I was so excited about to share with you, was a picture of Chris and I doing a little skit we called Mission 316. We'll put that one up. Yep, there it is. Mission 316. Now, this was a Carmen song. 
It was a human video, if you know what that means. It means like to move to the music, right? And we did this theater in the round, Mission 316 human video. There's Chris in his sunglasses. I'm off to the side. I was not quite so good at this. This drama had um, demon paint for the demons. You're not seeing that in the pictures. I'm sorry about that. With a whole bit, the sunglasses, the whole bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to share a few lyrics of this song. <laughs> this song that was so inspiring to so many, this Carmen song. These are, the, these are the lyrics. Here we go. We're on, we're on, we're on a mission, and we'll go where the brave dare to fly. We're on a mission, and we know it's a race, do or die. To know him and make him known is our creed. Letting the fire be freed, Mission 316. You're welcome, people. You're welcome. I know you're very excited and inspired by those lyrics today. Okay. So this is why I was like, the Jesus mission, like, this is what I think of when I think of that. Okay. But here is the truth. As cheesy as all that sounds, as cheesy as it sounds, because it totally sounds cheesy, and it was, there was something at the heart of it that was good, right? There is something at the heart of having a mission, a purpose, a calling from Jesus in this world, right? And as we re have revisited that specific conversation in the context of this series, I have to say I'm more excited than ever to share about it, to participate in it, to invite all of us to continue participating in it. So, but I will give one other caveat, and, and Brett gave it last week too. Let's be honest for a moment. The idea of being out there on some mission for Jesus sounds potentially as dangerous as it does beautiful, right? Because I think we have seen and witnessed the history of humanity, how different people can make their own mission and call it a mission of Jesus and do more harm than good in the world. And I certainly don't ever want to be a part of, of that, especially calling a mission that's mine, calling it Jesus if it's not actually Jesus's mission. So that's really why we're pausing to focus on this conversation at the beginning of this year, is so that we can really remember and tune in and draw our hearts to the reality of what Jesus' mission is all about. Okay. You saw it on the bumper, but we're going to revisit it together probably a lot over the next few weeks. The Jesus' mission, simply put, is this. Go love together. Can we say that, everyone, all together? Let's say it. Go love together. That's it. That's the Jesus mission. So where do those words come from? Let's pull them up back out of the scriptures real quick so that we all remember the context of this conversation. It comes from the three greats that Jesus taught about, right? First of all, the Great Commission, where he commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, right? To go into the world and preach the gospel. That is the Great Commission, the go part. Then the Great Commandment, the greatest commandment, which Jesus said clearly that the greatest commandment of all his commandments is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves, right? So that's the love part. And then the Great Collaboration, the Great Collaboration where Jesus prays that his followers would be one that they would be so unified, so together, that the world would see something different. And that it would not only prove that they have something going on together, but that it would actually prove the reality of Christ Jesus himself. 
that they would be that unified. Go love together. That's the Jesus mission. It's simple, it's profound, and it is the message of Jesus. Now, our memory verse for this series kind of ties all those things together in one. So we're going to look at that again this week, and it's John 13, 35, where Jesus says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, I cannot gloss over that sentence without really asking myself, without really taking a look inward first of all and then looking at our church and then looking at the church as a whole and asking, what are we showing right now that's proving to the world that we're followers of Christ? What love are we showing for each other? And what if we really chose even deeper, even fuller, this Jesus way, this Jesus mission. So that's my prayer uh, to participate in it however I can, and it's my prayer for this church. It's my prayer for the church in this country and the church in this world. And I see, Element, that it is your prayer as well. This is what Element is all about and has always been what Element is all about. And I see this community coming together again and again to do exactly this, to go love together. So I hope that this series is an affirmation of who we are and what we choose here. And then I hope it's an invitation to move more deeply and powerfully into those places. So today, we're going to focus on the first part of the Jesus mission, which is go. Go. All right. But we're not going to just study this go thing in a vacuum because if we forget the loving and the together, then we're missing a lot of equally important pieces, right? We can't forget the love and we can't do the mission alone. So let's read this great commission in Matthew real quick and then we're going to dig a little bit deeper into it. So Matthew 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, we may have heard those words a lot of times before, but let's take ourselves back to this holy moment. Jesus is having this moment with his disciples, and it's really the last moment that he has with them. It's after he's already died, been crucified, and risen back from the dead. And before Jesus leaves this world in this physical form that he's in, this is what he commissions these people to do. They're his parting words. And this is the moment where these disciples take on the mantle of Jesus. They receive this holy responsibility from God himself to go into the world and disciple others to be Christ followers. Now, where, how are they commanded to go? With love and together, right? And Jesus even says in the end of this part, I am with you. I am with you to the end of the age, meaning that his spirit will be alive in them, right? Go love together. Now, what did these disciples do? Eleven men standing on the side of a hill, hearing these words from this Jesus, 
his last words to them. And what did they do? They did exactly what he said, right? As we look at the story of Jesus throughout the last 2,000 years, they did spread this message of this poor Jewish carpenter around the world. How crazy is that? That 11 people said yes to this and led the rest of his followers and the church onward to share the truth of Jesus, right? Their response to that call changed the course of human history. It did, right? Every time I read this passage of Matthew, I am reminded of Lord of the Rings, where the Fellowship of the Ring is formed at the Council of Elrond. Now, I will tell you, last night, we are sitting around the dinner table, and the kids were like, who's speaking tomorrow? And I was like, it's me. And I will say, they like got excited. They, they gave a little cheer at the table, and I was like, oh, my kids are so excited to hear me talk. This is so great. I was like, yeah, it's me. And they were like, oh, you always tell funny stories. And I said, oh, yeah, I got a funny story about me and daddy in high school. And then I said, also, I'm going to talk about Lord of the Rings. And Brenna does not miss a beat. She just looks at me, and she's like, oh, mommy, what a surprise. <laughs> Yes, okay, I talk about Lord of the Rings a lot because it's allegory for the, the gospel, okay? Anyway, in, yes, we, there's other allegories. This just happens to be one of my favorites. All right, in Lord of the Rings, in the first film, when the Council of Elrond gathers and they're talking about what to do about this great evil that's going to overtake the world, and these few, this fellowship, say yes to this mission this mission to take the ring to Mount Doom. And it is a dangerous mission, right? They're risking their lives. They're risking their hearts. They're risking everything about themselves. And I always get teared up when I hear these words of the Great Commission of Jesus because I remember these moments, yes, of Lord of the Rings, but more the moments that I've had in my own heart where I have felt the deep calling that's just as important as saving the world from all the evils, right? Those moments where the, the truth of Christ is so real that nothing else matters. Nothing else matters, right? And I feel the same kind of gravity, and I know that you felt it too. And so this commission to go, to risk it all for the sake of the gospel, this is what Jesus asked his followers to do that day. And this mission, while they did as he said, it's not over, right? Because the whole world is not whole. So the mission is not over. And their call is our call. As their disciples, we are disciples. And the course of human history is in need of more people who will stand on that hill and say yes to going and to preaching the good news of the gospel, and to prioritizing that over anything else in life, right? To proclaim freedom and peace and hope and wholeness. To proclaim the one true narrative of redemption that is the end game, right? I believe that if those 11 people could take Jesus' mission that seriously, it was the same mission, it was the same spirit, who dwelt within them, then we can too. This little community can too. This church in this nation can too. 
We can. And the first step is to go. To go. Now, that right there might sound a little scary or a little confusing. What do we mean when we say go? Are we now all becoming missionaries to go into the jungles and tell the world about Jesus, right? Especially now with a pandemic stopping us from going much of anywhere, what exactly is it that we're supposed to do with this first piece about going, right? Uh, We all live lives of purpose where we are. So what exactly do we need to focus on when we talk about going? I will say that choosing to give your life to the kingdom of heaven in the holy work of going to the least and the last and the lost and the farthest places of the world is a beautiful and holy mission, a beautiful and holy calling, and I hope that we will always support and encourage and pray for those who choose to take that path, right? But that's not the only, that's not the only thing that he means by this word go, right? Because here's what I believe about it. The going is much more about the momentum and direction of your passage than it is about the destination of your journey, right? The going is more about the momentum and direction of your passage than it is about the destination of your journey, of where you're going. It would be amazing for all of us to go to another place, right? Sure, whether it's India or China or the homeless shelter down the street, wherever it is, place matters, and the love of Jesus matters in all of those places, right? But the going isn't really about the place you end up. It's more about the manner in which you travel, right? It's more about the forward movement towards the mission. Go, love, together. It's more about the beloved sons and daughters of God that you meet along the way, right? And it's more about the intentional choice to live out this Jesus mission on your way, right? On your way to wherever you're going. I think you probably know the manner I'm suggesting in which we travel, which is loving together. Go love together. Guys, This world needs Jesus, right? We need his love. We need his restoration. We need his guidance. We need his forgiveness. We need it in every country, in every city, in every family, in every community. We need it in every government, in every church. We need Jesus, right? And our mission is to go into all those places and speak of his love and do it together. Now, one of the most beautiful exhortations that I've read about this Jesus mission is from Paul in the book of Romans. So we will read it together today. He writes, Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. This is our mission, right? To proclaim the good news of Jesus, to go towards the coming shalom with love in our eyes and in our hands and on our lips, right? And to invite others to come along. The verse before this passage, Romans 10, 12, says this. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. 
The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now the cultural divide in those days, in this context, was between Jew and Gentile, right? And both sides believed that their side was the most favored, the most blessed, right? And what the early Christian leaders taught over and over and over again was the same message that Jesus taught over and over and over again, which is the love of God is for all, right? The blessing of God is for all. Today, we have our own divides, right? We have our own lines where both sides believe that they are the most blessed and the most favored. They may have the moral or spiritual high ground, right? Today, we could read this verse to say, there is no difference between Republican and Democrat. The same Lord is Lord of all. There is no difference between black skin and white skin. The same Lord is Lord of all. There is no difference between American and non-American. The same Lord is Lord of all. And then it goes on to say, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching it to them? And how can anyone preach it unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news. Church, we must go. These lines, these segments of people, yes, they've heard of Jesus, right? But have they heard of his love? And have they witnessed the unity of his followers? We must go forward towards the coming wholeness. And we must be the ones to speak the truth of love and unity while also looking for the places to share our understanding of the teachings and the commands of Jesus, right? And it has to start right where we are. It has to start with those closest to us, right? Around our dinner tables and in our social media feeds and on our family text threads, right? And in our workplaces and in our schools. The mission is go love together. And we remember that the going is more about the momentum and direction of the passage than it is about the destination of the journey. I once heard a beautiful definition of unity. We'll put it up today. Unity is diversity without tension. Now, I'm not saying that could be true in the kingdoms of this world, right? I'm not saying that's going to be true in the political sphere. I'm not saying that's going to be true in the media. It won't be. But where it can be true is in the kingdom of God, right? Unity is diversity without tension. And that is what Jesus was talking about when he said the words of our memory verse, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And it's what he prayed for in John 17. Jesus prayed. Before he went to die, he prayed these words. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. 
and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love me, you love them as much as you love me. That prayer of Jesus was prayed for this very day and for all the days across human history, right? Because the nature of humanity is not towards unity. That is not our nature. Our nature is to segment, find our tribe and protect our tribe, right? But the nature of the kingdom of God is wholeness and unity for all, right? And that's our mission. So when we're saying yes to this epic quest of Jesus, we know that it's about going. But it's not about where we go. It's about that we go and that we love and that we're together. Now, I'm going to share a very, very beautiful thing with you guys today. Does anyone know what an ecotone is? Have you heard this word before? An ecotone? We're going to put some pictures of them up on the screen. An ecotone is basically a transitional zone between two adjacent ecological communities. Okay? So these are places in nature where two different ecosystems come together. It's kind of like the edge of the forest as it meets the tundra or the edge of the river as it meets the riverbank. It's two different sorts of ecosystems, and it's the place where they meet together, okay? And it's called an ecotone. These places are places of both danger and opportunity, right? For all the vegetation and the wildlife that live there, because they are places where unique and uncommon biodiversity is found. Sometimes in these places, the species that live in one ecosystem will be killed off by the other, and it's dangerous. But sometimes the biodiversity grows together and creates new species altogether, or creates a place for these species to flourish in more beautiful ways than anywhere else in their whole ecosystem, right? And some scientists consider these ecotones to be biological miracles. They don't even understand how some of these species can exist in these places, right? Miraculous life exists here that can't exist anywhere else. Not only that, but the plants and animals found in the ecotones are at the limits of their boundaries of what they can withstand in their ecosystem. They're at the limits of, of the water or the temperature or the wind or the rain or whatever they can withstand. The, the the ecotone takes them to their very limit, right? And this means that when there's any change in the overall environment, the ecotone is where the scientists look to measure first how the species are reacting. So they actually use these places in nature as a barometer for change. So as climate changes or weather changes, they look here first to see what's happening with the vegetation and the wildlife. Now, you can probably catch my analogy. If we're looking for places to go, I suggest we go to these places, right? To go together in love and in unity to the places that look and feel different to the places where we're comfortable, right? 
Maybe we lift our heads out of the river and see what beautiful life is on the riverbank. Or maybe we leave the safety of the forest and we venture out into the tundra to see the beautiful, cherished, beloved life, right? And we bring with us love and grace and truth of Jesus, right? We go to the ecotones. And why would we go to these places? Well, one, because they're vulnerable. These places are dangerous. And as, as culture intersects, these are the places where people can get the most hurt, right? They're vulnerable. So we go to bring love to those vulnerable places. We also go because we might learn something, right? So we might grow in our knowledge and understanding of what it means to be a human and what it means to serve Jesus. And we also go because these are the places that Jesus went. If we study the life of Jesus, he was always going to the fringes, to the edge of whatever culture he was a part of, and he was loving there, right? And we go because these are the places that are, are a barometer for change, right? So as cultural conditions ebb and flow in our world, what if we are able to see the life and truth of Jesus flourishing in these places, the places that feel and look a little different than our own habitat, right? And we can see if that can happen there, what could happen in the rest of our world, right? What if when we go to these vulnerable places, like homes for orphans, like human trafficking, like poverty, and we see the kingdom of God advanced in those places, and we believe that it's possible not just there, but across our world. So maybe it's not a faraway country that we have to travel to. Maybe it's just the other side of the dinner table. Maybe it's the ones we've blocked from our social media. Maybe it's the community down the street with the kids who've been adopted out of foster care. Maybe it's the new house opening for kids who have nowhere else to live, right? And when we get there, I pray that we experience the unity that Christ prayed for, the unity that is the diversity without the tension, right? Unity that the world can't understand, but that proves Jesus is the reality, right? The band can come up. We're going to sing one last song. But my prayer today is that we'll go to these ecotones, right? And as we go, I pray that we will expect to find miracles. Miracles, right? As we share our understanding of the Jesus way, as we plant seeds of life and truth and hope, and we look at the harvest of what comes from that, guys. And we remember, we remember the spiritual battle that rages, that rages around us, that there is a deceiver, and there is one who seeks to destroy. And we remember that the way that we fight that evil is by a ruthless and relentless trust in the Creator who has promised to restore all things. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would guide us in this journey that you've asked us to go on with you. I pray that you would guide our hearts as we 
want to say yes to this, but don't quite know how or don't quite know where to go or what to say when we get there. God, I pray that your spirit would be with us because nobody does this without you. Those disciples that stood on the hill that day, they didn't muster this up from within themselves. God, it was your spirit pouring out of them, pouring your love into your people. So God, more than anything, I pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit in us. Because when you are with us, God, we are brave, we are wise, and we are free to love. We need your love. This world needs your love. Pray that you would come with us on the mission. Show us victory along the way. Give us trust and courage.